0: Hey there, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Amen. Well, fantastic. It was so good to see you all today. My name is Nathan, and it's my privilege to be preaching today in this teaching series, which is called The Gospel the good news and why we need to hear it. I've been thoroughly enjoying this series so far. Am I the only one or is it, has anyone else been enjoying it if you've been here with us? You can, yes, it's been, it's been good. Um, we had a, a, a team meeting on Friday and we were talking about it and Anne, who's on the leadership team of Gloucester, she shared a, an encouraging message that someone sent in saying how much they've enjoyed what's being preached recently and how it's just really blessed to them. And then they turned to me knowing that I was preaching on Sunday and said, don't ruin it. Um, so I'll try my best not to, um, But <laughs> so we can have some fun today. Um, but it has been a really good series. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Amy started us off with week one where she spoke about so the gospel, the good news and why we need to hear it. She spoke about how the gospel is good news because it changes our position. Like because of Jesus, we have been moved into a new kingdom and she encouraged us to picture our position to remind ourselves every day where we are because of Jesus. So that was a great message. And then part two was last week. That was Pastor John and he did an amazing job of saying how the gospel changes our destination. And this isn't just like a a one-day thing that we can hope for to, to get to one day, but that destination that's changed impacts our today. And he says, when we live that way, we become heaven's PR campaign. And I love that thought, that our lives can show people heaven. We can show people how good it is and we can pray prayers like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let my life be a PR campaign for heaven. So that was a really great message. And today, I get to bring a message which is titled this. So the gospel is good news because it changes our vocation. The gospel changes our vocation. Um, and by that, by vocation, I don't just mean your occupation. I don't just mean what you do for a job. Um, it's really, it's, it's what you do and why you do it. That, that's really what I'm going to be talking about. When I say vocation, it's what you do and why you do it. And it's not lost on me that even in this room and people watching online, there will be we're, there's a whole spectrum of us isn't there so there's people in this room that are at school university uh, maybe at the start of a career in the middle of a career coming towards the end of a career you run your own business um retired you know you're the happy ones in the room i can see um so there's a, there's a whole spectrum of us um in this room so it's not lost on me that but i believe that what we're going to look at today is going to help each and every one of us regardless of where we're at on life's journey regardless of what our current vocation looks like, and, and I want to, so we've been looking at the writings of the Apostle Paul to help us in this series, because he's so great, and he's, he's wonderful at articulating just what the gospel is, this good news about Jesus Christ, um, but I want to look at his origin story, really, like where that great guy began, and we can find it in, in the book of Acts, And if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. It's in Acts chapter 9. We're going to read a bit together. And it's titled, Saul's Conversion. So the Apostle Paul was named Saul. He had two names. And it's Saul's Conversion. So this is known as the Damascus Road experience. Um, And we're going to read this. And this is the moment that his vocation changed forever and the world would never be the same. So that's what we're going to read together now. So Saul's Conversion, Acts chapter 9, verses 1. And it says this, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Let's just stop there. That's such a cool sentence, isn't it? Breathing out murderous threats. If you don't know, the Apostle Paul, where he began, his his calling, his vocation, so the, the, the Latin words that we get vocation out of literally means to call. So he felt his job was to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. Like that's that's where we find this guy. He, if I'm if I'm mad or if, if I feel wronged by a company, at best I will send an email of complaint, and I may I may take the kindness out of my regards at the end of that email. That's that's like I'm on the war path when that's if it's just regards, you know I'm having a bad day, and I'll send that to a company if I feel wronged. Like not Paul, not Saul. He was so anti the Church of Jesus Christ. He was so against the followers of Jesus that he committed his whole life. To destroying it. And we read in previous chapters, so you just turn the page over, he oversees the stoning of Stephen, this, like, the start, what sparked the persecution against the church. He was there, right at the forefront of the people that were destroying the church of Jesus Christ. And he was saying, so here we go. Meanwhile, while he was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, it was so in him that it's like his very breath, he's breathing murder against the church. And the Lord called him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man, all the harm he has done to your people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. An amazing story there. And let's just focus in on this for a second. So we've acknowledged who this guy is. We've acknowledged what his job is he's overseen the killing of christians he is tearing the church apart and for all intents and purposes he seems really good at it he seems really good at his job so on this route here he is going from a place destroying the church to a place to destroy the church and it's that guy that jesus looks at and says he's the one he's the one he is my chosen instrument to proclaim the good news to the gentiles so that's people that were hadn't yet heard that yet and to to the world and and it's such a remarkable thing because let's just focus on that a second because it's so easy to look at other people and say, that person looks like someone that God would choose. That person clearly is instrument material. That person clearly looks like they've got their life together. That person clearly looks like they've got the character, the talent, the gifts to be used by God to do something significant in their life. Their vocation might be something really, really good and we can compare and contrast ourselves to people like that, to people we perceive to be instrument-worthy. And, and we compare and contrast ourselves to people like that because we know what we're like, don't we? Like We know why we're not really that instrument-worthy, why we could be disqualified from being used by God, because we know ourselves. We know what goes on in here. We know what we do. We know what we say. We know how we are. And we know full well why we're not really good enough to be used by God. And it's really easy to go, they are not me. And, and, and you might say, like, yeah, but Nath, like you, you don't know. You don't actually know what I've done. You don't actually know who I am. You don't know what I've done this week. You don't know what I've watched, said, consumed, who I've hurt. You don't know my past. And you're right, I don't. But if I can just ask you, how many Christians have you ever seen the killing of recently? <laughs> like Or how many churches have you destroyed in this past week? Or how many families have you torn apart because you arrested them because of what they believed? Like, if the answer is, well, no, no one really, not recently at least, then we're probably all right. And and actually, that you are not exempt. And this, even in the choosing of Paul, we see the gospel at work because it tells me that no one is too unclean, that no one is exempt, no one is too irreligious, no one's past is too messed up. That in Paul, we see the example of the kind of people Jesus wants to use as his instruments. It's messed up tools like me and like you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are a tool. An instrument in the hands of Jesus. I am a tool, you are a tool, we are all tools and that's what Jesus likes to use. What an amazing thing we see in the origin story of Paul. And I want to use that as the backdrop to what I'm going to talk about, which is our vocation. It's what we do and why we do it. And I'm going to use these here signs on the one side. We have what. Everyone say what. what. On the other side, we have why. Everyone say why. why? Said like a question. <laughs> Thank you. I just knew it would go up in tone. Um, the what and the why. So I want to unpack this when it comes to what we do, why we do it. What and the why. Now, um, we live in a world, in a society that is obsessed with What? So, for example, if you were to introduce yourself to someone, if I were to, there's a strong chance that we would say what we do for, for a job, maybe, or, or, or the things that, that it's the what. And it's very easy for us to live our lives, live each day being obsessed with, with this, with the, with the what. Like from small what's to big what's. So small what's like, what am I going to have for breakfast today? Like, what, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to do today? It's sunny tomorrow. What am I going to do tomorrow? Those are the small, trivial what's of our lives, right through to the big whopping what's which are things like what what university am i going to go to what's my career going to look like Um, what subjects am i going to pick in school what city am i going to live in what kind of person do i want to marry what's the end of my career going to look like what's my retirement going to look like what are my retirement plans and i think that there are people that can go their entire lives living only ever looking at what and never asking why focused on the what never asking but, but why and I think our world and our society is obsessed with what and doesn't really bother to ask why and what's fascinating for me and I'm sure we've all experienced a little bit of this but over the course of the pandemic a lot of our what's were taken away from us so we, we couldn't go to the gym, we couldn't go on holiday, we couldn't go to the restaurants or anything recreational. Some of us lost our jobs, which would be a big what of our lives. Some, some of us, the commute was taken away from us. So many what's were taken away from us. And it left lots of people just going, like, I wonder, like, what's this all about? What's, what's the big why behind all of the what's that I've been doing, that I've been occupying myself with? It, what's the reason for that? Lots of people have been asking those questions recently but I think it's so easy to not ask those questions. There's a um, GK Chesterton, I love reading stuff of his and he wrote how our society really encourages us to have an opinion about everything and discourages us from having an opinion about everything. So let me explain. So we're encouraged to have an opinion about everything as in lots of little things, so like what car to drive, what house to own, what, um, what city to live in, what holidays to go on, but we're discouraged from having an opinion about what is existence <laughs> what is what is life like encouraged on the one small things and we can occupy ourselves with that and discouraged from saying why and and i think the reason is this because if we really drill down into the why if we really spend time asking ourselves okay why do i do what i do why am i here why are we here why are you here why am i here we end we end up in one of three places okay you ready are you following me If we really keep going, okay, why, 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 why? And I've done this thought exercise this week. I've had these conversations this week. It's been fascinating. End up in one of the three places with one of three answers to to life, the universe, and everything in it, as Douglas Adams put it. But one, there is no why, is one of the answers that we can end up at. That's an impossible question. There is no why. Number two, I don't know. (laughs) That's fair enough. Or three, God. That's, That's the, so... We either end up, if we keep asking why, there is no why. I don't know. God. Because, and this is, there is no why, is actually a very popular view at the moment. Lots of people are actually okay with, Answering it that way like there, there just isn't we are just you know atoms put together in this indifferent universe floating through one day It will all end in this cold dark death lights will go out. That's it There's no ultimate why or I don't actually know so if you were to have this conversation Okay, what do you do while well, I am insert your occupation or whatever you do for a career or, or with your life? Okay Why'd do you do that? Well, because um, It's it's a fulfilling job. It's a, it's something that, that, that gives me money. I can support my family. Okay, good. Why? Because it's good to support my family. Why? Because uh, I don't want to. I, I want to have. Want them to have a good life. Why? And you keep going, and eventually you might go. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sure. And I did this with Eddie. So Eddie is preaching next week. He's got an amazing message planned. And he's told me about it already. Um, so you're going to really enjoy him speaking. And I, I said, can I just. Can I just try this with you? With Ed, it took us five whys to get to, like the core of who he is. I was like, why? Why? And he says, e- eventually, after going through these like ever-increasing rings of sort of like, well, I want to contribute, I want to, to be a, a good citizen, I want to help build the church. Why, why, why? And he says, because infused in my DNA is this calling. It's God. God There's a God-breathed purpose in my veins. And, and he was describing something which which I think the gospel really taps into. He was describing his ultimate why, the ultimate why of why we are all here, why we are all... Breathing, why we get to be alive at this moment, and like just track this. We go back to the origin story. What does Jesus ask Saul when he interrupts him? He says, "Saul, Saul," calls him by name. What does he say? He doesn't say, "What are you doing?" Like, "What are you doing, tearing the church apart?" What's the big idea? What's your next big bold plan, Saul? He says, "Why?" And th- this is the gospel because the gospel addresses our why it says why are you doing what you do why are you here Like Paul why why are you doing this what's the big why and for you and I what the gospel does it grants us an ultimate why so if we can put it down into a nutshell is that we are created our Creator wants to know us and through Jesus he made a way that we can so my ultimate why is I can live to know God to love God and to help others do the same What a wonderful why that is. And I don't have to answer that. Oh, actually, there is no why. The universe is indifferent. It's cold. There's no ultimate purpose or meaning. I don't have to answer. I don't know. I can answer my why. It's Jesus. It's what he's done for me. What an amazing foundation to, to live by. And it says this in, where's my verse? Ephesians, Ephesians 2 verses 10. I had a suggestion of just verses to go through. From, from, thank you, John. John was trying to help me. He shouted out a different verse, but thank you, John. I could have gone. Okay, where are we going, where are we going John? Let's, just, let's find it. Ephesians 2, verses 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What an amazing idea that is. And if that's true, then there is nothing greater to do with our lives than to apply ourselves to discovering what those good works are. By definition, if the creator God has a plan for us and a job and good works for us to do, like what else is there? what else could I possibly invent for myself? What other what could I preoccupy myself with that is greater than the why of knowing him, of like being fulfilled in him, of living my life each day, living out these good works which he has prepared for me. He's thought about it. He has thought about my vocation. He has thought about your vocation. Wherever wherever you are, are, whatever stage of life you are at, there is a plan and a purpose for it and God wants to use you in that space. And this is the good news and why we need to hear it because the pandemic, I think, has caused so much questions in people has caused people to actually stop and question these big existential questions of life like why am I here and we we have an answer the church of Jesus Christ has an answer we have something to point them to like you are not a a mistake you are here by design that there is a God that loves you that knows you that wants to be a part of your Life, And if we can step away from living what-orientated lives and step towards living a little bit more about the why, then the why informs the what of what I do. There is plans. That's our theme for Thrive this year, and I can't wait to unpack that with the young people at summer camp, that, hey, you are not a mistake. You, there is a design and there is a purpose to your life. There is something for you to take hold of. Created in Christ Jesus, there is this why that it can inform all of our whats. And then you may say, "Hey, that's great, that's good." But the reality is, my what it might not be that great. Like I I still have to go to work, I still have to to do things, I still have to have have an income and a career, and I still have responsibilities. And that's absolutely right, and that's absolutely great. And and whats aren't bad um, by no means. But when we have a, a clear why, it does inform our what. And I want to read this. This is the Colossians verse. It says in Colossians 3, verses 23, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though working for the Lord, not for human masters. See, with the gospel, our what's turn into whatever. Whatever you do. We can get so caught up in the what, can't we? We can get so worried about our what's like, God, what's the next step for me? What should I do with my life? What should my vocation be? What should it look like? I've got these skills, these gifts, these talents. Like, what should it be? And scripture would say, whatever. like Whatever, whatever you apply yourself to, do it with the why in mind. Work as though you are working for the Lord. This is the good news and why we need to hear it. Because whatever our lives look like, wherever we find ourselves, our why never changes. What an amazing consistency that gives us. What amazing stability that gives us in this life that my what changes to uh, whatever. I'm still here to know God, to love him and to help others do the same. And this church exists with the same view. Our why never changes. Our what will change a lot. We've had to, haven't we? Like this, this is, we're both in person and we're online. For a long time, we were just online. Moving forward, this is going to stay. We're going to have a presence that's online, engaging people in that space, engaging people um, who don't ne- yet know Jesus, and utilising whatever tool we can to get this good news of Jesus Christ out to the world in whatever way we can. But it's so easy in church world, and let me just speak to the Christians for a second, for us to get caught up in the, in the, in the what? What is it? What is it, Pastor John? Are we, a, are we a church of community, 2,000 people? Like, are we, are we growing you to live big? What, what, what? But the, the what, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Because the why never changes. And we will use whatever we can to reach more people with the why, that they are loved by God more than they could possibly imagine. Jesus has saved them with the good news of Jesus Christ. So the what is up for grabs. We don't need to worry about the what when our why is secure. And this is the foundation of our vocation and the good news that the gospel gives us. That we're all included in this. We all have work to do and we don't need to worry about the, about the what. And let me, let me just end here. And I want you to, to consider these things this week. And there's a um, great work that's done by a gentleman named Simon Sinek. And he, he's written a book called Start With Why. Um, and he said this, people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. And he, he really unpacks these wonderful ideas. Of, if we can live our lives through the lens of our why, then our what's drastically change and people can see what we believe through what we do because we start with our why. And let me just encourage you, each day this week, if you can like, start with a moment, because as I said at the beginning, our, our what's are completely different one another like what you are going to do this week is different to what I'm going to do and your responsibilities are different to my responsibilities but our why can be united and we can remind ourselves each and every morning you know what I I exist ultimately like to know God to love him to help other people do the same articulate that that's how I've articulated it this morning but write it down in whatever way is going to help you but start with your why like, why am I getting up this morning? Why am I going to my workplace this morning? Why am I helping my family today? Why am I meeting up with these people today? Just imagine how much purpose can be um, injected into all of our whats if we had this really strong why. And what could God do with them? Like, why why do I work in this business? Why do I own this business? Like, what what's this? What is the why behind all of my whats today? That's what I want to leave you with. Um, but but just in in preparation for this, that there will be people here that that can't get past this because some of some of the whats in your life are very painful and very difficult at the moment, and 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 they trouble you. They they're like a weight around your neck, and and you may agree, disagree with what I've said about like how this can change our perspective, and yet that's important, but. These, these are worrying you. Like, Are you worried about your what's at the moment? Asking questions like, God, what's going to happen? Um, what's going to happen to that person? What's going to happen to that person that I love, my family member? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen with my future, our future? What's going to happen in that financial situation? Like, and it can be such a reality that just cripples us. Just just worried about the, the what, and I, I just wanted to read. So Matthew Matthew six twenty five. It's one that may be familiar to you. And just like let these words minister to you now. This is Jesus talking. And just hey, if you want to if you want to close your eyes, if you want to imagine that that the Lord is just talking straight to you. He would tell us like therefore I I tell you do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is life not more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers, see the flowers of the fields, they do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all of his splendour, was were not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, of its own and Jesus we thank you for your words we thank you that you see where we are whatever stage of life we are at study career retirement whatever our vocation currently looks like Lord God thank you that you care for us more than we could possibly imagine what wonderful words you've given us there Jesus to remind us of that truth then help us today Lord to rest in that confidence and assurance that regardless of whatever happens in our life If the what's are taken, if the what's change, if the what's fall apart, our why remains the same. And our why, Jesus, is you. So help us, Lord, to live fixated on you as our ultimate cause, as our ultimate foundation. And Lord, would that why inform everything that we do? Our words, our priorities, our business, our career. Help us to step into moments and meetings um, and spaces in so many areas of society, carrying a strong why that Jesus you love us Jesus you die for us Jesus you have good works for us to do to show people your love to show people a little piece of heaven help us Lord to know this good news and to share it with our lives we pray in your wonderful name Jesus amen and amen hey you can stand with us in the room stand with us at home as well if you want to join us and we're just going to finish this moment um, by singing a song that we sang earlier lifting high the name of Jesus together bless you guys I'm not afraid to